Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, friends. This is Josie from Speaking in Church, the podcast you are currently listening to. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about my favorite current thing right now, which is Anchor. Anchor is a free podcasting platform. Um, It's the easiest way to make a podcast. This dummy, yours truly, set it up real quick. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which, hello, talk about easy. You don't have to be some professional computer person, which is dope. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and literally wherever else you want to put it. Uh, You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which, you know, some of us are just not going to get a million people listening, which is fine. Um, It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you want to make your own podcast about literally anything like the two of us, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey friends, this is Josie from the Speaking in Church podcast, you know, the podcast you're listening to. Um, Today, I am joined by the amazing, the lovely Abigail Schricker. What up, Abigail? Hi, Josie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. For those of you wondering, Spencer is feeling under the weather today, so it's just going to be me and Abigail, um, which is fine, you know? She needs rest and relaxation, and... Yeah, that's it. I don't know what else I was going to say about that. That was it. (laughs) (laughs) Send thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. (laughs) So, Abigail, um, what are we talking about today? What do you want to talk about? So, I really want to talk about mental health in the church. Um, And specifically, from my perspective, like growing up in a fundamentalist Christian church and how mental health was approached or not approached um, just like within evangelical Christianity. So, yeah. (laughs) I love it. Um, As a mental health, um, I don't like to say sufferer. As somebody who has mental health issues, I would say, Mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about this topic. Um, I grew up in a pentecostal church which is not as extreme as what you grew up in but you know Mm -hmm. same vein same same arm or whatever yeah (laughs) abigail tell us a little bit about your testimony your story tell us about you 
Um, sure. So I grew up in a large family. I have um, four siblings in total, and my parents were very, um, very dedicated to their religion, very much that was like the primary focus in their lives was um, Christianity and raising us kids to follow Christianity um, and with like Christian principles. Um, and I was always in church, always in youth group. And I really enjoyed that. You know, those things are really important to me. Um, but there were, you know, there were aspects of my childhood, um, basically where I was experiencing, you know, depression or anxiety or, um, you know, body dysmorphia, or um, I would have like strange experiences that I really couldn't, you know, explain to anyone. And I would like try to explain it to my parents and they wouldn't understand what was happening. And I didn't understand what was happening. So I just ended up like crying in frustration. And um, yeah, so, you know, it, it really wasn't until um probably I was in high school that like the phrase mental health was ever even like introduced to me prior to that. Um, people were, you know, people with like mental health issues were basically viewed as like, um, unfaithful to God or like they, they were like possessed by demons or so, things like that. Things that are very extreme and very not understanding and very like, not scientific. Um, so, you know, I, I was very much raised with sort of like a, a, a stigma against mental health and it definitely wasn't hardly talked about, um, unless it was in a very negative way. Um, and basically the only like therapy therapy or remedy for it was, um, either Christian counseling or a lot of like prayer, um, so it wasn't until my, um, probably my first year, no, maybe second year in college, actually, that I realized I had a chronic mental illness that I really needed to um, get help for. And it wasn't until my senior year in college that I actually started medication for the very first time in my entire life. Um, and I had been experiencing like serious chronic mental health symptoms for 10 years at that point. So, um, you know, it was a really long time <laughs> and I, you know, I've had a lot of time to like reflect, um, since then, but, um, it really has like changed my life a lot. And I wish that mental health was talked about in more of a helpful and positive way, like in the church in general. Yeah, I totally agree. I um, also witnessed something. <laughs> this um, young woman or young, I think she was just like, I think she was still a teenager. But I remember all the women and children and, you know, not spiritually fit people being kicked out of the church because mm -hmm. this... Um, young female she was having um i forget what it was i think she was um a little schizophrenic um so mm -hmm. she was having 
an unfortunate lapse with reality and mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was decided that it was a demon so yeah. they tried to exercise this poor woman oh, who was God. just not in a good place yeah um, yeah that was intense and yeah. Yeah. I mean, interestingly enough, I don't remember being scared. I think that was, you know, the spirit, the Lord, the divine mm-hmm. letting me know like this shit's crazy, dude. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. That was very common mm. amongst my people, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I so in in my church there was never like um I don't know, maybe you could call it like exorcism or not, but I never it was never like somebody was like laying down on the table and they brought like candles and like holy water. I don't know, whatever else for that. It was basically just like people would pray over you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, like a lot of people like come around you and like pray over you. But the unfortunate thing is that most of those people who had any sort of extreme mental illness, they were really ostracized. Mm -hmm. And I think through a lot of little tiny actions, it was made clear that they were not welcome because the church didn't want to like deal with them. And the church didn't know how to deal with them properly because the the church had, has abandoned like a lot of other methods for helping people with their mental health. And so they're poorly equipped. And then, you know, they also um, just sort of, ignore those people or let them fall to the wayside and i think that that is one of the most tragic things um about you know the modern church is that um so many people are rejected and ignored who jesus would say was his primary mission Um, yeah i totally agree yeah because and i sorry you go Oh no, <laughs> I know that's not just for Christianity, obviously, but like, right. I can't speak to other religions because I have only had that experience with Christianity. Yeah. Um, and I know that some people in the Christian faith do approach that in a very good, healthy way, but for the majority, and especially for my experience growing up, it was, it was definitely not a healthy way to approach. And it was caused a lot of you know pain and there are a lot of just negative effects for so many people and people were just sort of like abandoned basically yeah i mean i remember growing up i went to therapy a lot as a kid (laughs) (laughs) and for reasons i'll probably get into in a later episode um Mm -hmm. but i went to therapy starting at a really young age like probably seven or eight Mm -hmm. all the way until 13 um Mm by my parents you know volition and then I started going Mm -hmm. on my own volition yeah (laughs) but I remember it being a huge deal that I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder and Mm. clinical depression I mean I was young so Mm -hmm. who knows Mm -hmm. if those were valid I mean I don't know I'm depressed now so maybe (laughs) (laughs) who knows (laughs) but I remember growing up and I had a family member who really suffered from depression Mm. and they you know were not christian in the way that my parents are christian Mm -hmm. they believe in the lord but you know they're not my parents are a lot and my mom at one point was like oh well 
they suffer from depression because they are not right with God. And mm. they have, yeah. like, they didn't put their house in order, like their kids or whatever, whatever, whatever. And mm. so because of this, that's why they suffer from depression, because they don't believe in God enough. Mm. And yeah. Kitty. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's very vocal. <laughs> that's okay. And then I remember telling my mom, I was like, Hey, you understand that I have depression, right? And we have had that conversation where my mom mm-hmm. had always said, like, if you were a real Christian, you wouldn't be depressed anymore because the Lord mm-hmm. would have healed you. And I was like, mm-hmm. bitch, you think I haven't been asking? You think that I haven't been mm-hmm. like, please? Anyways, but I remember yeah. telling her, I was like, mom, do you think that people with depression, do you think this is the real reason? There are plenty of people in your life that go to church that are depressed. Mm-hmm. And then we got on the topic of like suicidal not ideation, mm-hmm. but like thoughts, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. people with depression tend to have those fleeting thoughts on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, mom, like, yeah, sometimes that happens. Sometimes that crosses my mind and not because mm-hmm. I'm not right with the Lord, but because my brain is broken. There's mm-hmm. something <laughs> wrong in here. Mm-hmm. Chemicals aren't working. And yeah. after that, she really chilled out because she was like, oh my God. And she, you know, my mom doesn't understand science all that well and mm-hmm. brain chemistry, but mm-hmm. that is very, like, that is a very predominant, prominent mentality in the evangelical church. And yeah, yeah, like this idea of, oh, well, you're not right with God. So this is why you suffer from this or that or that. Or right. That. Like that's the root of your problem. Right. Or people are you, like, you're not going to be yeah. healthy or happy until you're right with the Lord. As if right. that's like the cure all for, as if suffering doesn't happen before, after, during. Right. Exactly. I think, no, I totally think that there is, you know, it's, it's very two-sided there because on one hand, Christians really are very fixated on their own suffering um, they're really very fixated on like suffering in general. Um, and I think they have, a, a, you know, at times can have a very skewed view of that. Um, they, they, they fixate on like Jesus is suffering, um, their own personal suffering, the suffering of all these, you know, characters in scriptures, um, and how they, you know, whatever moved through those suffering, which, you know, that's just life. Life is moving through those situations and through those narratives and, you know, the choices that you make. But then when it comes to to people in real life around them, we're suffering. They are so easy to just cast blame. And, you know, in a very simplistic way, it's like, oh, you, you should have done things this way or that way, or you should pray more. Or, you know, once you convert to Christianity, (laughs) then all your problems will be solved essentially. And, um, I think it's really unfortunate because I think that misses so much of the, the richness of, you know, human experience and how that shapes us and how every person is different Mm -hmm. and how, you know, there's no simple answer to our suffering as much as we would like there to be a simple answer there's it's very complex and it's multi-layered um yeah yeah. and i think oftentimes the evangelical church and a lot of christians in general are kind of dismissive of the dichotomy of existence like Mm. you know 
there is no good without the bad. There's no bad without the good. Blah, 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 blah. Like, you can't just exist in this utopia because that's not humanity. Like, right. just because I suffer doesn't mean that I'm bad. It's just a part of existing in a world that is normal. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, you know, when you pinpoint suffering to individual actions it gets very sticky because christians have a very long negative history of you know pinpointing actions on people and then using that as an excuse mm-hmm. to um you know act superior or to you know take very harmful actions against people groups etc so i think that you know again having that very simplistic view has led Christianity to a lot of negative actions in the past and those are still perpetuated today unfortunately yeah and I mean (laughs) Christians don't have the best track record in history you know Mm. (laughs) so it's also like you want me to listen to you about my suffering after all the suffering you've caused Mm, right I don't know about that yeah it's well it's definitely not a a good place for them to argue (laughs) i know there's yeah there's so many things that have not been reconciled within the church and like society in general because you know what happens in the evangelical christian church affects society at such a deep level Mm -hmm. um and so well especially western society but um it's you know it it's just paramount to me that the church actually approaches those things and like reconciles those things but unfortunately because of theology and you know specific you know simplistic views that the church has there's you know no end in sight really unfortunately that i see for the church to reconcile those things yeah Um, i wish i could (laughs) yeah and it needs to because there are a lot of things that the church needs to you know um apologize for (laughs) Mm -hmm. and but it just it just doesn't seem like that's gonna happen anytime soon unfortunately yeah what do you think about christian counseling Oh, uh, well, (laughs) (laughs) um, so my experience with Christian counseling was both positive and negative. Um, when I was younger, so I, my first experience with depression was probably around the age of like six or seven. So it was pretty early on, um, that I was having, um, depression. And then when I was probably around like 10, I had anxiety attacks, Um, and so my parents took me to therapy and that therapist was actually very helpful for me. Um, they were able to identify, um, some things and they used some therapies with me that were actually helpful and helped me understand myself better and help me, um, sort of realize that, Oh, I'm, I'm having these, these like symptoms, you know, that are, um, basically just, manifestations of things that are happening in my own life. And, um, so that was good. And then I like stopped therapy after that. And then, um, when I was 13, when my parents got divorced, that was a really difficult time for me. So, um, I like started going to therapy around that time and some of that was helpful for me. Um, 
but then there was one therapist in particular who I'm like kind of still pissed at even though that was so long ago but um basically what happened is like it was it was an older male therapist and um sometimes you would have my like my dad come into the sessions with us because you know at that point due to my parents divorce me and my dad were on like poor terms our relationship was was very bad um for a lot of reasons and so you know he would have my dad come in and my dad would be very attentive to him and what he had to say and he would like write notes and stuff um but then when it would just be me and my dad spending time together like he didn't care about any of those notes or anything the therapist was saying or any of the things that I was saying and that was very frustrating to me because it seemed very two-sided and I confronted him about that with the therapist and the therapist didn't really have anything to say and then um there was another time where I was trying to argue with them like hey by the way like the bible says this about different things in this particular passage and so um they brought up my pastor and one of the pastors in at during a therapy session and so it was like these three older men against me and I felt very ganged up on and I felt very much like it was a buddy group like they were just trying to be like oh yeah it's okay like your dad you know can divorce your mom and et cetera, et cetera, and all these things and I'm not saying that like actually I'm not going to comment on the, the divorce but like um yeah I, and I was like 14 at the time I was a literal teenager and like all these older men were ganging up on me and I was just kind of like fuck you mm. um I mean I didn't swear at the time <laughs> basically I was like this is fucking stupid and so I you know I never wanted to see that therapist again I was like this is very poor practice mm-hmm. um absolute like bullshit and their quotes unquote christian approach was like very toxic and very like um you know male dominated etc and so um yeah i don't think i went back to that um therapist after that and like i don't remember if i asked for a new therapist after that or if i just stopped going altogether um yeah i i think maybe i got a new therapist honestly i can't remember the timeline's kind of blurry like the time in my life was just general generally like really sucky (laughs) so um yeah but so you know christian therapy in general like i don't know i'm sure there there are good christian therapists and I, i have had some positive you know experiences but also negative experiences and i know other people who have also had some very negative experiences and who they went to a therapist and they needed help with things and they didn't get the help they needed and i feel like um to some degree that was my experience as well yeah i (laughs) never went to christian therapist because uh when i was a kid my (laughs) therapist had to be you know way above board um yeah for court purposes again Mm. later episode everybody stay tuned yeah Um, (laughs) so i never went to christian therapy i was offered it 
at one point in my life when my parents and I were going through a really hard time and I went to the church that I had left my parents' church for and like, mm-hmm. well, we can get you a Christian counselor. And I was like, mm, I think I'm all right. <laughs> I'll pass. Yeah. And I mean, I feel very justified in that. I've had a friend recently yeah. who did go to a Christian counselor um, because you can't, by the way, friends, you cannot get a degree in Christian therapy that's not a thing you could be right. a therapist who then creates a christian practice but i think right. that's a little sketched in my personal opinion sense. yes <laughs> um, but this friend went and they are a member of the lgbtqia plus community mm-hmm. and their christian counselor was trying to tell them that they were queer because they had daddy issues oh god and that if they fix those issues, they wouldn't be queer anymore. Yeah. And yeah. I told that friend, that's fucked up. You yeah. will not be. I'm very much a mom in my friend group. Yeah. Um, among <laughs> all my friends. Like, you will yeah. not be seeing this counselor ever again. That is bullshit. Right. That is not right. true. How is that even? Yeah. Anyways, I'm pretty sure that yeah. person was not a licensed marriage family therapist. Yeah. All the other therapists, God. whatever. No, absolutely yeah. I can't I can't handle the church co-opting mental health either though you know yeah well I mean even the way so when you consider like Christian therapy the way that mental health is approached um which is you know obviously so many people go to therapy because of mental health issues um the way that queerness is approached um the way that like women's issues are approached it's it's in a it's it's a very dismissive and can be a like aggressively negative thing um i never like talked about my own queerness with a therapist until last year like i am 25 and it wasn't until I was like 24 that I ever talked about it with a therapist. Um, because growing up, um, I was never, I was never able to like explore those, those, those questions that I had in my mind with any of like the mentors that I had, um, any of the people I looked up to because they were all Christian. Like my entire community was Christians. Um, and that's like the way that my parents had built in. That's the way that they had taught me to like live my life. So like my entire support group, all my mentors, all the like people that I would like look up to and would talk to about like my life and they were all Christian. And so they had a very fundamentalist Christian approach. So any sort of really like serious questions that I would have about myself or my identity or, um, Christianity, I felt like I, I couldn't approach them. And so you know, it definitely cultivated very much of a, a, a shame and also a, a hiding of my true self, which I think like that's very negative in and of itself, just like trying to hide who you really are constantly. Mm. Um, and then also just like how it was approached as a woman, there was a very like set way that I was supposed to deal with things as a woman and act as a woman. And so you know, I feel like even now I'm still un- uncovering and digging up who I really am just as a person, because after so many years of, you know, that, uh, that environment, I feel like I was buried in such a way 
that made who I am almost impossible to see. And I felt like that, that definitely has contributed to, um, you know, a lot of struggles that I've had personally. And now that I can like actually talk about it in therapy, um, it's so liberating for me. It's like immensely liberating just to be able to talk about like anything and everything. And also to like, to criticize Christianity. That was something that was seen as taboo was -hmm. criticizing Christianity within the church. And it's like, um, nothing is beyond reproach and no one is beyond reproach. Amen. And yeah. And so like, now that I'm, you know, I, well, I no longer like practice Christianity myself, but, um, I'm still a very spiritual person. And so I, you know, I talk to my therapist about those things and, um, I have so much relief that she's not judging me, that she's not, um, going to tell me, Oh, you shouldn't do that or have some sort of negative reaction where she's like, Oh, that's what you're doing. Like, no, she's just like following along my personal journey and like helping me discover things about myself and helping me like work through past traumas. And Oh my gosh, it's like so freeing. It's just, it, it's, it's so good. And so, um, you know, I wish that the church would take that kind of approach. I wish that the church would, would really follow more of, the principles of Jesus and actually care for people who are really struggling rather than ignoring them or like casting them away or whatnot. Um, and that's still like, you know, there's, there's a lot of like, you know, pain that I've had from the church that I've been able to really heal, but there's still some of it that's there and definitely still some frustrations when I look at, you know, all my family or a lot of community, a lot of friends that I have are, are Christian or, or other religions as well, but um, a lot of Christian friends. And I, you know, so I'm still very much like in conversation with people about things that are happening in the church. And um, just in general, I, I wish that the church as a whole and the, the, you know, the leaders, the boards, whatever would, acknowledge these things and like actually listen to people and actually like care about helping people rather than like victim blaming, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and like, um, basically simplifying and distilling all their problems down to like, Oh, you need to pray more, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Cause so many things are beyond people's control. Mm-hmm. Things happen in your life and it's just life. Like you can't help that. You can't change that. And a lot of times for a lot of people, it's the systems within whatever governing body they, they like live under that has caused a lot of like hardships or pain for them. Mm -hmm. And so for Christians who have a long history of racism and misogyny and like anti LGBTQIA plus, um, for them to be so dismissive and harsh and, like just so like not understanding um to me just really speaks to like how christianity is so toxic it can Mm -hmm. be and how it really can you know approach 
mental health in general in such a one-sided way without really understanding the plight of people, which is what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. He was out there with people who were having the toughest time. Mm -hmm. And he was like, hey, look, by the way, like, care about these people. These people are the most important because they need the most help right now. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, if the church were to actually do that, um, and actually emulate Jesus, then like things would just be so much better for people who like follow that in general. I agree. It's funny how we grow up with everybody telling us you really need to follow Jesus example. But as soon as we start doing the goddamn thing, all of a sudden (laughs) we're the bad ones. (laughs) Right. It's, it's shocking. It's, it's, it's bad theology, the way that they picture Mm -hmm. Jesus and the way that they represent Jesus. It's just bad theology and it's erasing Jesus's identity and it's erasing the actual message of jesus and so in doing that they're really not christ followers they're creating their own pseudo religion that is just based on their own like needs or desires not not just needs but um and it's weaponized Mm -hmm. and it has been for centuries unfortunately and um i think that that is the important thing that, that people don't acknowledge that a lot of the time in Christianity, they don't acknowledge it. Um, and then they, you know, dismiss it. And it's like, yeah. um, but this is what Jesus preached. This is literally like what he wanted. And, <laughs> you know, I, and I know people who, a few people, um, <laughs> unfortunately it's not as many as I'd like, but like, I know people who are Christian who, who really do care about those things and approach mental health and, you know, a, a good and a, and a positive and healthy way. But, um, I think there's still, there's such a long way for the church to come, mm-hmm. you know, before there will be really this like reckoning with like mental health issues. And, um, and I mean other things as well, because when you consider like the queer community, a lot of mental health issues, and this goes for me as well, can be traced to the fact that our our identity has been erased or dismissed or um, like weaponized against us. Mm-hmm. And so, like, well, you know, uh, yeah, that that can that's very traumatic and like can cause uh, just as we've seen, we've just seen so many people, um, not just recently, but just through the history of um like christianity and in, in the world we've seen so many people who are queer who have just absolutely suffered because of the church and um of course that contributes to people's mental health issues like what what would you expect they're they're um they're demonized basically for just being who they are and um and then also just like if you are a woman or people perceive you as a woman like that, that is very constraining and just thinking about how the church reinforces patriarchal, you know, capitalistic values. Um, that has been so damaging to me personally, and that has contributed to my mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, like, and then also just the fact that like, I went untreated for so long and now I have these very deep ingrained patterns that I'm having to pull up out of myself in therapy and like try to reteach myself. Um, I feel like I I really needed more support when I was younger. Yeah. You know, I, I suffered a gun from like a chronic mental illness for a full 10 years before I was properly medicated. Mm -hmm. Um, and before I was even diagnosed, like, for 10 years, like I went yeah. undiagnosed, unmedicated, just trying to deal with things on my own, figure stuff out. I had so much internalized guilt. I had no idea what was going on. I was scared and frustrated and tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it would have been really nice if somebody in my church, somebody who had trusted, had just like come along me and, and like come alongside me and just been like, Hey, um, like, let's see a psychiatrist. Let's, let's talk about maybe a medication or let's, you know, um, let's try this or let's try that, you know? Yeah. It's um, funny how, like, <laughs> when I told everybody in the world that I was getting married, mm-hmm. a lot of my Christian friends were like, Oh, where are you going to do your premarital counseling? Like, are you going to go to church? Where are you going to do uh-huh. it? And I was like, I'm not going to do that first of all i'm not gonna go to some pastor who's gonna tell me to Uh have more sex with my partner or husband as they would call him with my husband Uh and i could be i have to be hot so i can my husband won't cheat on i know and i'm sure there it's better than that but i don't have any guarantee and i don't feel like putting up with it and so i was like i'm we're actually gonna go to couples counseling thank you and they're like wow Mm. do you guys have that many issues and i was like no bitch this is mental health right now we both (laughs) suffer from mental health issues yeah and we're gonna get real professional help because (laughs) the our individual traumas inform a lot of what happens in our relationship and it was so interesting to see all of these like christian people be like oh wow that's so weird and even like most people in general right they're like wow couples counseling is like a last resort and it's like no this is frontline defense baby you gotta treat the symptoms from the get-go yeah it's not always accepted and i mean that's probably why i'm very vocal about therapy because i'm like everybody needs to go to therapy everybody i don't care if you think that you're the most well-rounded healthy whatever person No, no 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 you have some really deep seated trauma that you're not figuring out. I can guarantee it. I'll bet lots of money on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, absolutely. Like when I, when I think about therapy, um, you know, people are like in the church, it's definitely very stigmatized and growing up. I, I knew that, you know, um, nowadays I am like, yeah, like you have something that's going on, like therapy. So helpful. Um, like do it. And I, and I definitely think that, though, especially therapy should be advocated and destigmatized for um, women mm-hmm. and for, you know, queer people and people of color. And a lot of it is about accessibility and about therapists who are understanding and who, you know, support you and your identity as a person and are not going to be dismissive. Um of your experiences. So I know that that is definitely those things, you know, hold people back. Um, and that's very understandable. And so, you know, like, unfortunately our, our system is not like built for, you know, ha- allowing 
or having good therapeutic experiences for everyone. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you can find a therapist who you really trust, um, yeah, I mean, everyone has, and especially the aforementioned groups has a lot of traumas, unfortunately, um, that, you know, if they want to heal, they have every right and they have, you know, every reason to go heal those things and mm -hmm. to go try to find, um, you know, better alternatives for their life, if that's even possible, um, or just somebody to like, listen to them, you know, yeah. somebody who's not going to judge them and somebody who will accept them like that is, it, it shouldn't be so radical, but like yeah. it, in our society, it, it is, you know, for somebody to just go and be like, yep, this is me. And I'm just going to like talk about my experiences and, and therapist is like, cool. Um, you know, so it, it's something that like, yeah, if you can't do it and you find someone you trust, like absolutely do it. And yes. To I take think, back your narrative, you know, and yeah. your power. And yeah, I think this is the first step for the church. If you really want to do the work to save evangelicalism, advocate for therapy. Um, yes. <clears throat> I mean, the first step would be for you to learn love and empathy and acceptance of all people the way they were <laughs> created by the Lord. Right. But if therapy is the first step for you. I think you should definitely do that. If you're a senior yeah. pastor, if the people in charge of your denomination, your church are not going to therapy, there's probably something wrong. Well, Abigail, yeah. I have loved talking to you. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? Any, you know, pursuits, hobbies, loves? Do you want to be Ooh. Instagram famous? Tell the people where <laughs> they can find you. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. So, well, I actually started my own Etsy shop this past year so i guess i'll plug myself yeah um, you did because i'm trying to be a better advocate for myself um but i make like hand piece tiaras crowns like body jewelry um and it, it's very like eclectic mm -hmm. and all of them are original pieces by yours truly so um yes you can find me on instagram my shop's name is abby's mystic jewelry um i'm also on etsy i have a website all of it is the same name abby's mystic jewelry um yes that that is my plug <laughs> i love it i have purchased from abigail so you should yes. too it's thank you so much amazing i know all you festival bitches out there would love it too so go get yourself <laughs> one of those things all right yes. not to judge i'm just a grandma and i don't like it yeah um, <laughs> oh well friends you can find us at speaking in church on instagram you can email us at speaking in church at gmail.com where you can tell us that you love us hate us that you want to be on the podcast that you want to fight with us whatever we're down um you can find us on twitter at speaking church and you can find me um, at Josie Takes the World on Instagram. All right, friends. Well, stay woke, get woke. Jesus loves you. So long, farewell. Bye. <laughs>